Continuing discussion of Vishnu Sahasranama, name 945, Ruchirangada. It's a very beautiful name. It refers to a beautiful body. Ruchiranga means beautiful body. So Krishna has a beautiful body and he gives that body to his devotees. Is for them to relish. They can relish his beauty. <clears throat> However, Krishna kindly comes to this world and is seen not only by devotees, but by demons also. And even the demons can appreciate his beauty. As we find in the case of Shurpanakha, speaking to Ravana, describing Rama to him. That Ram, she said, is the son of Dasharath. His long arms, his eyes are beautiful, wide. He's dressed simply in tree bark and black deer skin, but he's as beautiful as Kandarpa, the god of love. So even though Shurparnaka is very demoniac, but she cannot resist, she cannot deny the beauty of Lord Rama. So that is Krishna's mercy, Rama's mercy. What she's speaking, of course, when demons speak, they often speak in a diplomatic, crooked way. Because, And in one sense, Shurparnaka is doing this because she's trying to get revenge on Sita especially. She's trying to incite Ravana to kidnap Sita. She wants revenge on Ram and Sita and Lakshman. But she cannot deny the beauty, the, the super excellent beauty of the Supreme Lord. The difference is that the devotees think, ah, our Lord, so beautiful, so attractive. Let me serve him. Let me have the opportunity to serve him, serve his devotees. They're charmed by him. They're not envious of him. But the demons, seeing his beauty, become envious of him. They, they, they hate him. Still, Krishna is so kind that his purity, his attractiveness is stronger, ultimately, than the hatred of the demons. So by associating with him, they get purified. And then they can really appreciate his beautiful form. Uh, he wants to give the beauty of his form to them, Ruchirangada. They don't want to take it. They, they resist it. But still... By his mercy, they become purified. We see that similar thing happened in Krishna's pastimes when the terrible poisonous snake, Kalya, poisoned the Yamuna. How did he do that? Just by being in the Yamuna. He's so poisonous. Sometimes we talk about people as being toxic. 
means that their personality is uh, it just spoils everything. But Kaliya was like that, his personality, but he's actually his whole body it was literally toxic so that he poisoned the Yamuna and all life in the Yamuna, in that vicinity, uh, it all was killed. So Krishna decided to teach this rascal a lesson. So he jumped into the river. Poisonous? You can't poison Krishna. Srila Prabhupada describes what happened next in Krishna book. Srila Prabhupada describes, When Krishna was swimming about just like a great strong elephant, he made a tumultuous sound which the great black serpent Kaliya could hear because Kaliya was deep in the water. The tumult was intolerable for him and he could understand that this was an attempt to attack his home. Therefore, he immediately came before Krishna. Kaliya saw that Krishna was indeed worth seeing because his body was so beautiful and delicate, its color resembled that of a cloud and his feet resembled lotus flowers. He was decorated with Srivatsa jewels and yellow garments. He was smiling with a beautiful face and was playing, playing in the river Yamuna with great strength. But in spite of Krishna's beautiful features, Kaliya felt great anger within his heart and thus he grabbed Krishna with his mighty coils. He didn't think, oh, Krishna is so beautiful. Why don't I make friendship with him? But he became angry. Who's this invading my home? Who's this? Uh, and of course, Krishna was so kind as to uh, Kaliyadaman, we sing in the uh, that that song beginning Yashomati Nandana Brajabara Nagara by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. He daman means he he quelled him. He subdued Krishna subdued him, and Kaliya uh, was eventually came to his senses and understood. Oh, I did something wrong in attacking Krishna. In the nectar of devotion. Srila Prabhupada's summary study of Srila Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, there's a section called Krishna's Apparel and Garlands, in which Srila Prabhupada writes, Generally, there are four kinds of garments on the body of Krishna. His shirt, turban, belt, and wearing garments. I, I guess that means everything else. In Vrindavan, he used to put on reddish garments. See that? Reddish garments. Generally, we think Krishna's. Pitamba, he's famous. Krishna, Pitamba, wearing yellow cloth. But here, he used to, we see he used to put on reddish garments with a golden shirt on his body and an orange-colored turban on his head. The different kinds of belts combined with his enchanting smile used to always increase 
the transcendental bliss of his associates. This dress of Krishna is described as gorgeous. As a baby elephant is sometimes dressed in colorful clothing, so Krishna's gorgeousness was manifested by decoration with such colorful clothing on the different parts of his body. The example is given of a baby elephant here. Uh, a baby elephant is very charming. There's something special about a baby elephant. Of course, kittens are charming, puppies are charming, but a baby elephant is charming because even a baby elephant is quite big and quite strong, but still, but still the way he runs around and moves around like a baby. So it's, it's uh, almost a contradiction. He's such a big animal, but a baby and a very charming and sometimes a baby elephant is dressed in colorful clothing as a fully grown elephant may be, especially for temple processions. Uh, so the, ex the example is given that Krishna, here we were uh, referring to Krishna in his childhood form, older also, uh, very charming by nature, and then dressed in colorful clothing. Going on reading from the Nectar of Devotion, Akalpa refers to the texture of Krishna's hair, his nicely dressed body anointed with sandalwood pulp and decorated with flower garlands, his tilak and his chewing palm. Krishna, before he would go out to the forest, Mother Yashoda would dress him very nicely. She liked to see that my boy is dressed very nicely, even though he's going out for uh, very uh, ordinary kind of work, we might think. Nowadays, if we see people do farm work, they take out the cows or the goats. Uh, still, you'll find in Gujarat especially, there's a caste of people who take out their cows and their goats and they're dressed with turban, nice shirt, dhoti, they have jewelry on. So this is a tradition going back a long time. The cow herders, they're somewhat rough people, but they have a sense of aestheticism, culture, pride. Continuing reading from Nectar of Devotion, Krishna was decorated constantly in this Arkalpa process. Krishna's hair was sometimes decorated with flowers placed on the middle of his head or else it was reaching down to his back. So you see, it's not only the women here. That used to be a big thing in the hippie movement. If you ever, there was a song about 1967, something like that. If you ever go to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. So there, following Krishna, Krishna would wear flowers in his hair. Here in South India especially, we often see, or it's practically a necessity for women to wear flowers in their hair. But Krishna would wear also, which suggests that other men would also do. Uh, in this way, Krishna dressed his hair differently at different times. 
As for the ointment on his body, the pulp of sandalwood generally appeared to be white, and when it was mixed with saffron dye, it appeared to be yellow. Yeah, so that's another thing. Before sending Krishna out, Mother Yasoda would see that he has sandalwood paste, and sometimes you put the, uh, the pink sandalwood, which looks, when it's applied and it dries, it looks almost white, and then if you mix it with saffron, it becomes very deep yellow. So all these descriptions are there of Krishna. Krishna used to put a Vijayanti garland around his neck. This Vijayanti garland is made of flowers of at least five different colors. Such a garland was always long enough to touch Krishna's knees or feet. Besides this garland of flowers, there were other kinds of flower garlands too, sometimes decorating his head, sometimes hanging around his neck and chest. Artistic paintings with sandalwood pulp and colored sandalwood were also to be found on the body of Krishna. One gopi addressed her friend and began to praise the bodily features of Krishna. She praised his blackish complexion, the reddish color of chewing pan, enhancing his beauty hundreds of times, the curling hair on his head, the red spots of kunkum on his body, and the tilak on his forehead, his helmet, his earrings, his necklace, his four garments, the bangles on his hands, the rings on his fingers, his ankle bells, and his flute. These are the different features of Krishna's ornaments. Krishna, the enemy of Agha, always looked beautiful with his incomparable helmet, his earrings made of diamonds, his necklace of pearls, his bangles, his embroidered garments, and the beautiful rings on his fingers. Krishna is sometimes called Vanamali. Vana means forest and Mali means gardener, so Vanamali refers to one who extensively uses flowers and garlands and on different parts of his body. Krishna was dressed like this not only in Vrindavan but also on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Seeing such colorful dress and the garlands of different flowers, some great sages prayed, Lord Krishna was going to the battlefield of Kurukshetra not to fight, but to grace all of the devotees with his presence. So these are very beautiful descriptions of beautiful Krishna and pujaris may take note, they take great pleasure in dressing Krishna in so many beautiful ways. Now I'm going to read from Srila Rupa Goswami's compilation, Padyavali, uh, a verse by Sri Saranga, and the verse is very beautiful, and it can be understood in two very beautiful ways. Bhakti prava vilokana pranayani nilod palaspardini dhyana lambanatang samadhi niratayar nite hitapratyaye lavanyaika mahanidhi rasikatam radhadrishos tanvati 
Yushma Kankuru Tang Bhavarti Shamanang Nitreitanurva Harehe. So this describes Lavanyaika Mahanidhi. He is the one great ocean of beauty. Now, as is common in Sanskrit poetry, because Sanskrit is such a rich language in so many ways, this verse can be interpreted in at least two ways. One way refers to Krishna's eyes, the beauty of Krishna's eyes, and another one refers to Krishna's whole form. So, the translation regarding his eyes says, May Lord Hari's eyes, which lovingly gaze on the devotees, which rival the splendor of blue lotuses, on which the yogis meditate to attain auspiciousness, which are two great oceans of handsomeness, and which fill Radha's eyes with the nectar of love, quell for you the sufferings of material life. Meditate on the beauty of Krishna's eyes. And where is the suffering in material life? Another translation. May Lord Hari's form, on which the devotees lovingly gaze, which rivals the splendor of blue lotuses, on which the yogis meditate to attain auspiciousness, which is a great ocean of lavanya, handsomeness, beauty, and which fills Radha's eyes with the nectar of love, quell for you the sufferings of material life. Several times in Bhagavatam, Krishna is described as Ruchira Smita. Here we have Ruchirangada. Several times in Bhagavatam, Krishna is described as Ruchira Smita, which means he has a beautiful smile, a very pleasing smile. And that fits with the name Sumukha, which we've had in Vishnu Sahasranam. And we'll discuss some of those quotes, Krishna willing, in an upcoming name, Pushpahasa, one of the meanings of which is his smile is beautiful as a flower. So there's more upcoming nectar, similar kind of nectar in the name Pushpahasa. And for now, I'll uh, discontinue this discussion. There's more to be said and, and another session planned for this name Ruchir Angara with some uh, somewhat different meanings. Vancha kalpa tarubhya sharkipa sindhuvi evacha patita anam pavane bhil vaishnavi bhil namo namaha.